You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode number 103. Hey, I get so many amazing opportunities throughout my life, throughout my career, and today I want to talk about a few of those opportunities because I know from the outside it can look like I've got opportunities lined up all the time and things just happen for me, and they do, absolutely. But I want to show you behind the scenes of how so many opportunities seem to just land in my luck, land in my lap, land into my universe, like however, however those opportunities come to me. I also just finished the Wedding Photography Summit and oh man, it was incredible. So incredible to be in the room to talk to Gary Vee and talk to, you know, all the industry experts, all the wedding photographers. It was just next level for me. So much fun. And I had literally thousands of emails, thousands of DMs, so many people pouring their hearts out, connecting with me. And I grew my audience by a lot, which is, you know, incredible. And I made a big impact. That's what it's all about. Like such a big impact. So I actually want to talk about the Wedding Photography Summit as one of my opportunities, but it's going to be the last one. We're going to get there. So don't worry if you're part of the summit and you're like, oh man, I want to hear it. Like, how did that all start? How did that come about? Don't worry, we're going to get there. But in this episode, I want to just walk you through just a few stories, basically, just a few stories and share with you maybe some stuff that you never heard before and just maybe like a little bit of behind the scenes on the hustle that I'm always constantly sort of pushing myself to get to that next level. So when I first started as a wedding photographer, I had big dreams. So I'm talking back 2012, 2013, I just quit my job and I was so ambitious. In fact, I was so, so ambitious that I looked around on Google, didn't find any great wedding photographers. And I thought in my head, because this is before you follow wedding photographers on Instagram, I just thought like, wow, there isn't many of them. I'm going to be one of the best in the world. And I was so naive. I just didn't see any other wedding photographers. And I just thought, you know, this seems like an easy space to dominate. Let's go for it. So I went into it. I went guns blazing. My big unrealistic goals for the first 24 months was to shoot an international wedding, to have a workshop, a sold out workshop, be published, to win the awards. And yeah, like I said, I was, I was just very, very naive. And sometimes that can work in your favor. It wasn't until I actually found by chance a wedding photographer called Jonas Peterson and I found his work and then I realized oh man there's actually amazing photographers out there doing incredible stuff and then I realized that I was just living in a bubble and I just didn't realize the industry and and there was industry leaders and and there was amazing people around the world doing cool stuff because I was only just looking at what's you know basically what my neighbor was doing I was looking over the fence seeing what they were doing and I was like yeah I can dominate that so one of the first things I did to set out was I went and to hit those unrealistic goals. And you know this story. I went and sold my car, had a $20,000 car. Well, it's actually worth about $25,000. And I and I sold it as fast as I could, $20,000. I sold all my stuff, TV, couch, everything, get it out. And I needed to go to America because two reasons. I wanted to be an international wedding photographer. And the second one was because weddings just finished in Australia. We're going into winter. So myself and my wife, we packed up, we bought some tickets. We went to the US for three months. Now, one thing I want to say, right, I did a lot of hustling. I did a lot of hustling, like just talking to everyone everywhere, you know, sleeping on couches or walking into places. But one thing that in my career, a lot of people say like, Jai, you're just so lucky and you're always in the right place at the right time. 
And so when someone will contact me, say they'll contact me and they're like, hey, I'm having a wedding in Chicago, you know, next weekend. If you can be in Chicago, then you can shoot my wedding. And I'd always respond with, hey, just so happens I am in Chicago next weekend. So that just worked out perfect, right? Perfect place, perfect time. But the truth was I wasn't in Chicago, but I was quickly scrambling to buy myself a ticket to get myself to Chicago so I could shoot that wedding. And it just so happens that I was always in the right place at the right time all the time. It's funny how that works, right? So for me to become an international wedding photographer, to shoot weddings in New York City with some of the best wedding photographers in the world, like I told him that I was there anyway, but man, as soon as I heard the opportunity, I was flying myself there. You know, I'd pay for the opportunity to second shoot with someone for free just so I could be in the realm of seeing how a professional worked and so I could actually shoot a wedding and have that life experience of shooting a wedding in New York City. Um, I did that with Ollie Sansom and I did that with Sam Blake as well. And it was just such an incredible experience. But again, it's funny how I was always in the right place at the right time all the time. One thing I did when I went to the US is I didn't want to waste any opportunities. So whenever I landed in a new state and a new town, I would go around to all the camera shops and I'll just Google where's the camera shops and what brands come out of different areas, who's in the industry in that area, like what other photographers, and I'll be Googling everything. So I would, when I was in New York City, I went to B&H and I actually went and introduced myself to the marketing manager and a few people there. And I became friends with a few people that work at B&H. And then when I was in Los Angeles, I walked into Richard Photo Lab, introduced myself, went and had a tour of the whole place, talked to everybody. I actually did this to Instagram as well. I don't know if you know this, but I went to Instagram and I went to Facebook and I went and had a tour around. Like I met a lot of the people that were working there at the time and they and they snuck me in and I seen it behind the scenes. I went to Dropbox and they, you know, spent the day with me, walking me around and stuff just because I was nobody, right? But just because I was like in the right place at the right time, if I got a message from anyone, I would just be getting myself in the room, whatever it took. Now, what has this got to do with anything? Well, when I first started, I got sponsored very fast and people were surprised. I got sponsored and I also talked at some of the biggest conferences in the world. How did that work? Well, one thing was because I met so many brands, so many labs, so many camera stores, when I came back to Australia, they all loved my story and they all thought I was bigger than what I was because I was an international wedding photographer traveling around. So they all offered me opportunities to be sponsored by them. So I became sponsored by Richard Photo Lab and I had opportunities with B&H and um, Vision Art have been with me from the very start. And it's been incredible because I was a nobody and all these companies gave me a chance at that time. It's just funny though, isn't it? Like so often we see the big time photographers, like how do they get all those opportunities? Not realizing like it was me walking in the door, actually hustling, paying for a plane ticket to get there, to go and actually meet these people, give them some sort of value, get in the room somehow. So because I did that and because Richard Photo Lab were friends with, you know, a lot of the conferences going around like uh, Photo Field Trip and, and things like that and, uh, and Workshop at the time, it was called Workshop in New York City. Because of that reason, they started saying and putting my name forward, like we should get Jai over. He's an Australian wedding photographer, international wedding photographer, and he could start talking at some of these conferences. So really quickly... I got speaking gigs as well. And I was like, man, this is incredible, right? I just, I made my own opportunity. When I came back to Australia, I was an international wedding photographer. I was also published because I submitted all my photos into all these magazines. And then I was also a sponsored wedding photographer. And then I was speaking on stages and stuff. This is the first 12 months of business. First 12 months of business, right? So when I got back, I had all these sponsors and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I want someone to 
to ask me to talk at their workshop. Like I, I really want to be approached and talk, you know, so I can share my point of view and share my, make an impact. I want to talk at a workshop. Of course that didn't happen because I was a nobody. So what I decided to do is create my own workshop. So I launched my first workshop. It was called All Together Workshop. And that was in 2015. And I did a photographer named Ryan Muirhead from the US and I flew him over and we had a big collaboration, big workshop. We sold tickets. It was camping three days, the whole thing. Ended up costing me so much money. I think like at that stage, I just had no money. So it cost me $5,000 after everything, after all the expenses uh, and after working my tail end off for, for six months, that's what, you know, I walked away with. But I knew I was playing a long game and I also knew I wasn't good enough. I wasn't talented enough. I wasn't special enough for anyone to reach out to me to get me to speak at their workshop. So what did I do? Just so happens I'd be in the right place at the right time. I had my own workshop. I just created it myself. And so that was a highlight of my career at that stage. So the first one was the highlight of my career was I was an international wedding photographer. That was huge. Then another one was like, I got featured in magazines. That was huge. And then another one was like, I got sponsored. That was huge. And then another one, I had my own workshop. Like that was huge. Now going back to the magazines, I shot an editorial for Hello May magazine. First time I ever shot an editorial. And I actually contacted them and I was like, hey guys, do you guys need any editorials? Like I can do some nice fashion shoots for you. I can do something. And um, I was talking to Sophie at the time. She she owns Hello May and, and I built a bit of a relationship with her. And um, she got talking to me. It's like, yeah, Jai, like send through your portfolio and I'll have a look and I'll put you on the short list. And I didn't tell them that I've actually never shot an editorial before. So I would just reply, yeah, yeah, I will send it through. No worries. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, hey, Sophie, I'm, I'm being real busy. Sorry, I haven't sent it through. Um, when should I book my flights? Like when should I get up to Sydney? And then she write back, yeah, yeah. Before we book the flight, send through the editorial. I'm like, okay, no worries. A few days it would go past and then I would be like, hey, Sophie, so when should I book those flights? When, when, when are we going to make this happen? And then she would be like, okay, oh, I haven't seen that portfolio yet. Like, have you got anything? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it to you. I'll get it to you next week. And so the next week I'll be like, hey, Sophie, so I booked my flights. So I'm coming in next week. So I'll see you guys soon. If someone can pick me up from the airport, like let's do this editorial. And then nothing else was spoken. I went and shot this like editorials, like seven pages inside the magazine. It was an amazing experience. And at the end of it all, I turned to Sophie and I was like, hey, Sophie, you know, I've never shot an editorial before. And she's like, what? I can't believe it. I'm like, yeah, I never sent you the portfolio. She's like, didn't you? I was like, nah. And I didn't take no for an answer. Like I literally got myself here. It's funny how I'm in the right place at the right time all the time, right? But it's so funny because like you got like, I mean, so many people wait for those opportunities. I'm like, oh man, I'm after those opportunities. I'm making that happen. I'm not special enough. I don't have enough followers. I don't, I'm not an industry leader. Like I just don't have it all. I don't have the gift of the gap, whatever it is, right? I'm not going to let those be my excuse of me not having the success. So I got myself in that room and I shot that editorial and it was incredible. And that was a highlight of my life right there. Now, moving on a little bit, I remember I really wanted to get onto some podcasts. I was like, I'd love to get on some podcasts. I talked on one and I was waiting for people to reach out to talk to me on some more podcasts and the opportunities just weren't coming up. Then I got thinking, why am I waiting for someone to interview me on a podcast? I should just start my own podcast and talk all day long if that's what I want to do. Like give myself the opportunity. So I did that. I started Make Your Break and it was a really hard slog. Like no one listened and I kept showing up and I'd talk and I'd talk and I'd spread my message and no one listened. And uh, 
it's what it took for me to get on the podcast that I do now. Like I needed to create my own platform. So I'm giving myself my own opportunities and I'm not waiting for anybody else. Today, my podcast is the most downloaded podcast in the wedding photography space. That's incredible. And it all came from me waiting to be on someone else's podcast, realizing I'm not good enough to be on anybody else's podcast because no one's knocking on my door. And then realizing I need to make the opportunity for myself. There's no excuses. And that's how Make Your Break got born. I also did it because I was absolutely frightened to be recording my own voice and to be sharing my stories, feeling like I'm going to be judged, you know, all those insecurities, feeling like I wasn't good enough, I was worthless and all that came to the surface. And I realized like, man, if I'm going to get past that fear, I need to get uncomfortable. And to get uncomfortable, like I need to face my fears and I need to go directly straight into it and start recording podcasts. If you listen to some of my first episodes, they're horrible, absolutely horrible. And people told me that as well. You know, you start, you put yourself out there and people are going to absolutely tell you how bad you are because that's what it's about. As long as you can keep going through that and realizing you're just doing the best you can, the same as everybody else, but you're making your own opportunities, not allowing yourself to get in your own way not allowing yourself to stop your own success because you're feeling like you need to be perfect. And then who knows? Who knows what can happen? Now, I want to talk about one thing I've been waiting. And and this sounds horrible, you know, like I'm waiting for something to happen to me. I hate waiting. So one thing kind of from the start, I've I've had this like goal in the back of my mind and and I realized like it's never happened. I haven't been proactive, you know, with it, but I've wanted to be reached out to by WPPI, which is the Wedding and Portrait Photography International. Now, if you Google them, they have, it, it says it's the biggest conference in the world for wedding and portrait photographers that draws in 6,000 people per year, which is incredible. And I was like, man, I, I can't wait for them to reach out to me. So a few times they actually, through Rangefinder Magazine, because I've got some connections there now, there has been opportunities, but it hasn't actually just worked out because I've been busy doing other things while I've shot the wedding and it's like last minute, can you fly to Las Vegas to talk? And it just hasn't worked out, right? But I've been waiting for them to contact me back. And every year I notice that they just never contacted me and there's a full list you know, of people. Now I realized the same thing. I was like, why am I waiting for someone like this? Like, why am I waiting for the biggest, you know, conference in the world to contact me? I'm not special enough. So what I thought was, I thought, fuck this, man. I'm going to, I'm going to start the biggest wedding photography conference in the world. Like, why are they the biggest? And then why can't I be the biggest and then have my own opportunities and I can speak on my own stage all day long, baby. So that's exactly what I did. I started the wedding photography summit and we've had 12,000 people come through. The one last year was 8,000 people came to it and it made it, the, it made it bigger than WPPI. It made it bigger than, it's literally the biggest workshop in the world at the moment. Now, it's just funny how I happen to be in the right place at the right time all the time, right? Like all these opportunities seem to fall in Jai's lap. He's so lucky. Like, why don't I get this luck? Jai's just, he's got it, man. Like people are reaching out to him. The truth is like no one's reaching out to me. People don't reach out to me today. I still, like, even though I'm building the biggest, you know, I've got, I've got the most downloads on my podcast and I've got the biggest workshop in the world and all that kind of stuff. Still no one reaches out to me, right? So I'm still hustling doing these things, but I still dream. Like one that was recent and it was after the last uh, summit, I was like, I would love to talk to some of the biggest 
entrepreneurs in the world? Like, why can't I do that? Why aren't they reaching out to me? Why aren't the biggest entrepreneurs in the world reaching out to me? I don't understand it, right? And I realized they're never going to. I'm not special enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not, I'm not any of those things. I'm the underdog. I need to make it happen. So I got onto the phone and I was like, you know what? I'm going to get Gary V to speak at my summit because he's never going to you know, contact me to speak at his summit. So I'm never going to have this opportunity for, unless I create it myself. And so that was literally the thought process behind, I'm going to get one of the biggest entrepreneurs on the planet to get into a room with me so we can share a stage because I believe that I can make my own opportunities and I'm not waiting for permission from someone else and I'm not waiting for approval from someone else that I'm good enough to be on their stage or I'm good enough for someone to reach out to me or I'm good enough for someone to pay me. It's like, nah, man, I'm bringing my own value, my own impact. I'm going to do the things that I do to create my own opportunities, to change my own life so I can tell my own stories. And I think that is so important. Now, Sharing the stage of Gary Vee was definitely one of the most, one of the biggest things that's happened in my career. And the reason why I'm sharing this story is because it's so important. Like Lilu said it to me. She's like, Jai, you know what's funny about you? And this was like just, this was after the summit, just this week, this weekend, actually. And she's like, everything big in your career, like most people, the biggest thing they have in their career is they've won an award from someone else or they got asked to speak at someone else's conference, like WPPI or something like that. And she's like, Jai, why you're different is every big thing you've done in your career, like everything that you can boast about, it was because of you. Like literally nobody else has ever given you anything. It's literally you've made your biggest highlights of your career. And it really did hit home because I'd never even thought about it like that. And and soon as, as soon as I thought about that, I was like, that is so true. You know, it really, really is. And I need to do a podcast about this and, to, you know, share this story with the world because it is such an interesting concept. So often we're waiting, waiting. Now, the real thing I want to talk about here, and I talk about this a lot, and I talk about this a little bit in the summit, if you're at the summit, but entitlement is the thing that I hate most in life. I hate Absolutely. I, I was about to say, I shouldn't use the word hate, but I know I do. I really do. I, I hate entitlement. I hate when someone feels entitled. They feel like they deserve something. And it looks in like so many different ways. Like if I was entitled, I could be like, someone should be contacting me because I've been a wedding photographer for seven years. I should be on the WPPI stage. That's entitlement, right? Someone should be paying me, you know, $5,000 to speak at their workshop. Man, that's entitlement. Someone should be contacting me from the magazine so I can do some, you know, some shoots because I've been shooting for years now. And that's entitlement. Yeah, my clients should be paying me $10,000 a year and I'm not giving any discounts. Man, that is entitlement. And entitlement is the killer of a business, especially if you're a personal brand, especially if you're like going after your goals relentlessly. Like if you're entitled right now, I can tell you what, like you're losing opportunities because number one, if you're ever thinking like, oh, I'd love to talk on Jai's summit, you know what? Like I've been a wedding photographer for 10 years. I deserve to be on that stage. He definitely should be reaching out to me and I'm going to charge him $30,000 for the honor to have me, right? Man, I'm not doing that because I don't, I don't vibe with entitled people. I want, I want the underdogs always that are just going all in, relentless. They're working to their potential all the time. Like that's what they're all about, just potential. They're not working to their dollar value. 
they're seeing the opportunity, they're seeing the upside, they're seeing what they can get from this. And they're like, yeah, Jai, you know what? Like you don't have to have me at that summit, but if you do have me at that summit, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be working so hard. I'm going to be bringing the energy. Like I am bringing this, right? That's the kind of people that I give opportunities to myself personally, because for me, I don't want to be surrounded by entitled people. I just don't like it. And in fact, the reason why I don't like it, and this is the deep truth, is because actually my dad was entitled. He used to always say, like, I deserve this. You know, like he was he didn't work and he was on he was on welfare and he'd be like, I deserve it. And the government should be giving me more money, you know. The government should be paying, like, I, sh- I should be paying less tax or like, I shouldn't have to pay for registration of my car. I mean, entitlement shows up in so many different ways. But when you hear people that start complaining about something else out of their control and they're saying that they deserve something just because they, what, they showed up and they've been there for a long time, man, time doesn't mean value. I'm telling you right now, you can sit on your chair for 10 years at a job, at a desk job and still get fired you don't deserve a raise. I'm telling you right now, if you didn't bring value to that company, if you didn't bring value to the people around you, if you didn't bring no happiness, if you didn't bring anything, you deserve to be fired. You don't deserve to be, you know, you don't deserve to have a round of applause for being sitting in your chair for 10 years. I'm telling you that right now. So entitlement, man, like so many people. And it's one of the reasons why, like, I know for myself, I'll always stay so humble because I don't deserve anything. I still feel that like, hey man, I'm not special enough. I'm not, I'm not courageous enough. I'm not fearless enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not, I'm not winning all the awards. Like I am still the underdog that needs to go after it relentlessly because I know, I know I don't deserve anything. I know I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And with that, with that mindset, it means everything happens for me all the time because you know what? For some reason, Jai, you're so lucky. You happen to be in the right place at the right time all the fucking time. How amazing is that? So that's it, guys. Hey, if you love today's episode, share it on Instagram, tag me, jailong.co, and um, I can re-tag and reshare and just say hello in DMs. I always like to hear people, hear my community. It's one of the main things that makes me so happy. It's like, actually, you know what? Like when I'm talking to myself in my bedroom right now, you know, seriously sitting on my bed and when you reach out, it makes my day. So please don't be shy. I love hearing from you. I seriously do. You're not getting in my way. It's not a burden. Like I love it. So please say hi. I like to hear from you and uh, I'm going to send my love. And just don't forget guys, like don't be entitled. Go after it. You deserve to have the work ethic to make things happen for you. You can be in the right place at the right time all the time. Trust me.